1: Paul's
2: either going to do what God said he's not. Charles Stanley has a great sentence or two about that. Listen to this. Charles Stanley says, When I obey God, God's responsible for all the circumstances in my life. When I obey God, God's responsible for all the circumstances in my life. Now listen to this. When I disobey God, I'm responsible for all the circumstances in my life.
0: All around us, we hear people blame God for all the bad things that happen, either in their lives or for the evil in the world. How can a good God allow bad things to happen? They ask. Sometimes in our own lives, such a thought crosses our minds. Pastor Mark, in his teaching, reminds us that we always have choices to do either good or bad, right or wrong. We shouldn't be surprised when bad things result from our poor choices. The challenge, as we'll be hearing about, is to find a place of joy when circumstances don't go our way. We'll find out what joy actually is and how to access it. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 1 with part 2 of his message, The Joy of Following Jesus Every Day.
2: Uplifting or joy, well, it reminds me of one of our five core principles at this fellowship. It's called celebrate. That's what a Christian should do. We should celebrate and live the fulfilling lifestyle. It means to make merry, to have fun, to party, to enjoy, versus the opposite grieve, moan, sorrow, wail, regret, be bitter. It's a quality of lifestyle that we want. That should be normal for the Christian. Contagious, outrageous joy. Now, I want you to do something for me. In a moment, I want you to turn to your neighbor. And I want you to say the word celebrate the way it should be said. I don't even have to give you a clue. But when you say it, you should notify your face as well. Okay. Show your teeth a little. On the count of three, turn to a neighbor and you say celebrate out loud, out loud with how you think it should sound with your face. Celebrate, 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 celebrate. Hallelujah. That's twice you've laughed in a month. Now, I'm joking, but maybe not really. You see, if the world would see that, we wouldn't have room for the people. Now, sometimes we can't laugh. It's just joy. But the world's looking for that as well. They're trying to figure out how we do this thing called life. When the circumstances of life go south on us. People are watching you. They're watching me. And that's why this book is so critical for our walk. Now, how did Paul get to this place in Greece? Well, to learn that, we have to go back to the book of Acts. So, there's actually one book away from John where you were. Go back to Acts. Go to chapter 16 in the book of Acts. Chapter 16. Paul is on his second missionary journey. He's taking the gospel to the world. He's been based mostly up in Asia, which is not the Asia we know, but in Turkey. The capital of that area at that day was Ephesus. And he has a plan of where he's going. He's going to share the good news. He's got a great plan. But we'll begin to see that God changes Paul's plans. Look at Acts 16, verse 6. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Pergi and Galatia having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. In other words, God said to Paul, no, I don't want you here in Turkey anymore. I don't want you in this area of Pergia and Galatia. I'm going to give you a different place to go. It's good for you to see by these maps, and then the Bible comes more alive to you. If you look over here, Look at number one, way on the right hand side. That's Antioch. That's kind of where Paul, that was the main area of the church now. Israel's below it. And Paul would begin there, and he went through Lysa and Derby, too. And then see Perga and Galatia. He's headed up that way. See Bithynia, we'll be there later. He's headed up that way. That's the road he's going to. But God says to him, No. You're not going there. Now, look all the way over at the top there. You see three Troas. You'll get a boat there. And look right up to four. Everybody see four? That's Philippi. That's where he's going. That's Europe. No Christian witness had ever been in Europe. First time ever. That's where God's sending him. That has great relevance. Now, Somehow, the Spirit says to Paul, you're not going there. You're going way across the sea. I'm changing your plans. Now, remember, that's not difficult because we were not created to do life alone. We need God's wisdom. We need his direction every day. And really, Paul is simply just following the Spirit of God. What does that sound like? Here's a verse. Take a look at it. Romans 8 says it like this. And I'll reverse the words for you after I read it. Romans 8, 14 says, those who are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God. Look at me. Let me reverse it for you. If you're a Christ follower, the day you became a Christ follower, the Holy Spirit came to live in you. And he does many things. But one of the great things he does is he directs us. So we can reverse this and say Christ followers are led by the spirit of God. Well, how was Paul led? How did God say to Paul, no, you're not going there, you're going here? Well, he didn't say it through the Bible, because it wasn't really. The Old Testament was there, the New Testament, he's just writing it. book of Acts is just happening. So he said it to his inner promptings, as he can to us. Most of the time, God speaks to us through the word. For instance, today, most things that God's going to speak to you for this teaching is through the word of God. There'll be some inner promptings. There'll be some things in correction that happens. Sometimes he gives us vision, sometimes dreams, sometimes circumstances. But Paul is going to hear a word from God that you and I will hear frequently. Most of us have a little a GPS device in our cars. And you set out on some kind of trip and you pass a street. And this little lady, I don't know where this little lady ever came from, but same lady in all of our crazy things. Turn left. One mile, turn left. And you go by it. You go right by, turn left. What's the next word you hear? Recalculating. Recalculating. You know, you can do this 20 times. She doesn't get angry. Recalculating. Recalculating. I wish I had that spirit, man. This is amazing. Really, what she's saying is, you idiot. You missed it. You missed it. You missed it. What is wrong with you? Well, that's what God's doing to Paul. Recalculating. You're not going to go this way, Paul. I'm sending you this way. That's a huge part of all of our lives. Now, how do I know that? Paul is going to have to choose between his plan and God's plan. One of the main reasons that Holy Spirit came is to show us how to do life successfully. Now, we can only do life successfully if we follow God. Jeremiah ten twenty three, which you see is huge. Understand this principle. I know, O Lord, that a man's life is not his own. When I come to Christ, I don't run my life. God runs it. It is not for man to direct his steps. Now, we always make a plan, for sure. Making plans are good. Absolutely. Paul has a plan. He's organized. He's detailed. But the plans have to be open to the correction of God. Because he's really the only one that knows the plans. Paul's either going to do what God said he's not. Charles Stanley has a great sentence or two about that. Listen to this. Charles Stanley says, when I obey God, God's responsible for all the circumstances in my life. When I obey God, God's responsible for all the circumstances in my life. Now listen to this. When I disobey God, I'm responsible for all the circumstances in my life. That's classic. Remember David? Sitting in his castle one night, palace, looking out, sees Bathsheba bathing naked. Brings her to the palace. God's saying all the way through people and through him, no, don't, no, no, no. Does it anyway. Gets her pregnant. Kills her husband. For a whole year, he's miserable. When we disobey God, we suffer the consequences. At the end of that year, God sent Nathan And finally, David said this, God, forgive me. I've been miserable for a year. And then God, something, you'll hear this again, but I want you to think about it. Later then, David prays this, God, restore the joy of my salvation. You see, when we disobey God, the joy is drained from us. Now, how important is that? Here's another verse from Nehemiah. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So when I disobey God, not only are the consequences miserable, may look good initially, pretty good night, great hour, happy hour in the palace, miserable year afterward. That's why it's called deceit. And if the strength of our walk is drained, your whole life is miserable. So understand, there is this joy and obedience that is tied together. Keep your finger right there quickly. Go go back to John 15. John 15, you're right close by, John 15. I want you to see how Paul's going to react to this and what it kind of looks like. See, Proverbs 16 says, In his heart a man plans his course. But the Lord determines his steps. So I have to be flexible in my walk with God. John chapter 15, verse 10. Look what it says. Jesus speaking. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I've obeyed my father's commands and remain in his love. Now the key verse is, is verse 11. Look what it says. I have told you this, Jesus says, so that my, say it with me, my joy may be in you and that, say it with me, your joy might be complete. Write this down. You need to absolutely write this statement down. Our joy, which is my strength, is directly related to our obedience of God's word. Obedience and joy are directly linked. You cannot say, you can't disobey God and have joy. Impossible. You say, well, I'm happy. Maybe temporarily, but it won't be. It'll be miserable because happiness is only circumstance related. What we need is joy. So our obedience is directly related. If some of you are here and you know you're disobeying God right now. Well, this is God's word to you. You don't need a vision. This is God's word to you today. Come back home. Repent. Ask God to forgive you. And he'll start you again. And the joy will come back to you. At the end of the service, any of our services, we give an opportunity for you to do exactly that. Just come up, make a recommitment, stop doing what you're doing, get back, and God will change your life. That's exactly what Jesus was trying to say. Now back to Acts chapter 16. So Paul's going to obey He's not going to go against God. But notice what happens next. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia. But the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. Here's a second no. A second no? A second no. This is a second no from God. Now, why do I like that? Because if I look at the Apostle Paul, if there's anyone that I would like to emulate in the Bible as a human, be the Apostle Paul. He's got his plans laid out. He's going here. God goes, no. Okay, I'll go here. God says, no. Two in a row. That makes me feel good. Have you ever missed God? I miss God lots of times. By the way, sometimes I miss God when God said, no, I went ahead anyway. You already know what happens. I know what happens. It's miserable. But Paul is trying to find the will of God. But the will of God is different than Paul thinks. Now, as that's happening, how is Paul going to react to that? Is Paul going to get angry and go, Hey, what's the deal here, God? has two no's in a row. I'm the apostle. No. He's not going to disobey God. Because he has faith in God. Now, what is faith? Let me show you this verse, and then I want you to write this statement. You know this Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 in the Bible by heart, but it says, that it reads like this. Trust or have faith in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. In all of your ways, basically seek his will. In everything that you're kind of thinking of doing, buying a car, getting married, moving, taking a job, all the details of life. Seek his will, and he will show you which path to take. Now, what does it mean to have faith in God? Why is Paul not going to be mad at God for saying two no's? Because of this definition of faith. Write it down. Faith is the confidence, I have full confidence, doesn't matter about the circumstances, that God is who he says he is. Well, who is God? He's all-knowing. That should end the question. Well, God, you isn't, have you ever said this? I've said it. God, what are you doing? Do you know what you're doing? What a stupid statement. Well, sure he knows what he's doing. He's all-knowing. God, faith is the confidence that God is who he says he is and that he will do everything he promised to do. Well, what has God promised to do? Paul had faith that God would do what was best for him and would be best for advancing the kingdom of God. Paul had faith that God could be trusted With every detail of his life. Paul had faith that God had his best interests at heart. Do you have faith like that? I want to have faith like that. You see, Satan will come and say, Well, God doesn't want you to have that because he's trying to take good things from you. Don't ever believe it. God loves to give good gifts to his kids. Now, how does God answer our prayers? Lots of ways, but I will give you three this morning. You don't need to write them down, but let's just talk about them. Here's the way. When you pray for something, you got that bikini on the bed and you're praying for this young girl. He might say, number one, yes, but in a better way than you ask. Have you ever had God do that? Yeah. I mean, really, yes and two, and number two are the same way, and number three is the same way in lots of areas of our life. When we began to start this church, uh, as we got, grew and we knew we needed land, we looked at more than 30 pieces of property. And God said no to every one of them. I was cool with that, no problem. Not. Did I get anxious? Yes. Did I get up there? God, what are you doing? We're going to be in the wilderness forever. Do you know what you're doing? So basically he was saying, yes, but I have a better plan. But I didn't see the plan right then. And then he said, yes, you got to wait. When we tried to come down to start this church, God said, wait five years. Okay. We waited. And last, no, I have a better plan. He said, no. He said, no, no, no. 30 times. Look where we're at. God knew it. Vieira is another example. You guys sitting in Vieira. When we got ready to build Vieira, we had met with the Vieira company and they gave us two pieces of property. We were praying over, we are excited about both these pieces of property. Right as we were getting ready to finalize everything, and went in one day and the man I was dealing with, he said, I got another piece of property I want you to look at. I went, really? We're kind of happy with either one of these. And it was all God. So I learned through this other thing just to be flexible. Okay, God's doing something different. And he says, let me show you this piece of property. And he says, it's right across from where you're meeting now in the school. It's right next to the stadium. And right down the side street is the VA clinic. And right next door is a new junior high that's going up. Hallelujah. (laughs) And VR, for those of you guys listening to me today, that's where God had you. Why? He had a better plan. Don't you ever say to God... God, I want my plan. If he says no, hold on. A better plan is coming. Always, always. So Paul goes, he doesn't get angry. He doesn't get mad. He just says, okay, so what does that mean? When God begins to work in my life, I have to have faith, but I have to have more than faith. Write this down. This is what Paul's experience is. This is exactly what you have to experience as well following God requires faith, but it requires more than that. It requires me to be sensitive. I have to hear from God. And of course, I hear from God by studying the word. That's why you're here today. I hear from God in my private devotions. The more I study the Bible, the more I know God, the easier I hear from him. But it also requires more than sensitivity. It requires me being flexible. Okay, God, I'll change. And then it requires me, bottom line... Just to follow, to be obedient. And sometimes I do that without knowing what's going to happen. Paul learned this. He learned to obey. He learned to be sensitive. He learned to be flexible at every fork in the road. And that's because he had faith in God. That God would do the right thing. Now look at this next map quickly. You're going to see. I'll read verse 8 for you. So they passed by Mycia and went down to Troas. See Mycia up there in Troas? See, he was headed to Bithynian and Pontus. God said no. Now go all the way back here, basically to Antioch. Now watch this line. Twist, turn, Lystra, Derby, twist, turn, Antioch, twist, Iconium, twist, turn, twist, turn, twist, turn, yep, mycia. Eventually, going to Philippi. You can look at that map and just change the names because that's our life. That's your life. You don't even know where you're going to be a week from now. You certainly don't know where you're going to be a year from now. God changes our plans and He just we have to be flexible. And by the way, every one of those places where Paul was, he wasn't like, well, where are we going next, God? No, he was active right where he was. I say this very often. Be all here. Wherever you're at, be here. Don't be thinking, if I could just get to Colorado, it'd be God. I know it'd be God. You're not in Colorado. The highest thing here is on Merritt Island, the little area where there's a hill. It's as good as it gets. You're here. Be all here. So Paul was satisfied where he was. He was active where he was because he was flexible. And he was sensitive. And he had faith. But most of all, he was obedient.
0: Today, Pastor Mark told us about an amazing man, the Apostle Paul. We learned that although he was in a terrible prison, he somehow was able to write to his readers about the joy he had. We found out that because he knew who God was and that he was safe in God's hands, he could concentrate on finding out what God wanted to do through him in this prison.
1: We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel,
0: Melbourne. Visit
1: LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect.
0: That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will conclude the teaching, The Joy of Following Jesus Every Day. We'll find out more about how God's plans work best with his timing. We will learn the importance of yielding to God's will for our lives. Because he knows what's best for us, our lives will go better when we submit to him. When we do that, we'll find our true purpose, and through that, joy unspeakable. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.
1: i